We live in a changing world that is full of questions, and the answers must come from the unchanging truth of God's Word. Today, we look into Scripture with Scott Pauling to discover what the Bible says. Ask the Lord to speak to you and to give you truth to share with others. If you want to know about any institution, perhaps the best place to start is listen to the words of the founder. Recently, I read an interview with Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A. It was fascinating, uh, not just because of his business sense, but because of his dedication to Christ, his Christian testimony. Uh, but it was so intriguing to me just to hear from the founder's mouth, his own words, uh, the foundational principles that they'd built their company upon. Well, if you want to know something about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, maybe it would be good if we asked the founder. In our world today, everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to give their idea. This is what I think of church. Uh, this is what we want church to be. Wait a minute. Let's get a word from the founder today. What does he say about his church? We began this study in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus said, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we know it's his church. We know he's building his church. We know he's building his church upon himself. Uh, it's not upon Peter that the church is being built. As a matter of fact, there's a little divine humor here. Uh, Peter's name literally means a little pebble, a little rock. And then he goes on to say, but I'm going to build my church upon this rock. In other words, upon a great rock, a great truth. What is that great truth? Oh, it is the great truth of who Jesus is. Paul would later say, other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So this is where the founder begins talking about his church. But if you go two chapters later in the gospel according to Matthew, to Matthew chapter 18, he continues. Remember, he's laying foundational principles in the hearts and minds of his first followers, the original disciples. I believe, it's my conviction, that the church started with Christ and his disciples. Now, there are some people that believe the church didn't start until the book of Acts. Uh, I believe from my study of Scripture that the Lord Jesus, uh, who is the founder of the church, was the first pastor. And I believe the original disciples, that, that little group of 12, that was the first called out assembly. That was the first church. And that then that church was empowered by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. So in Acts, you see the advancement of the church. It's the book of the continuing Christ. But if you want to know something about the beginning of the church, then you have to go back and see what the Lord Jesus said to his disciples. And so in Matthew chapter 18, beginning in verse 15, Jesus is teaching something about discipline within the church. Listen to what he says. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. That's not my purpose uh, to get into all the implications here, but there's a great principle. And the great principle is this, that when you have a problem with another brother or sister in Christ, that should be dealt with personally. And then it should be dealt with privately within the local church. Uh, this is a day and age, especially with social media, where everything gets aired. Uh, the Lord Jesus said, there's some things that ought to be dealt with in the family. 
within the family of God. So he goes on in verse number 17 and says this, And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Does that sound vaguely familiar? Uh, that's the same teaching that he gave in Matthew chapter 16 when he first talked about building his church. He said to Peter, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, God has given to his church the great privilege of prayer, which is the divine link. It is the connection between earth and heaven, heaven and earth. Isn't that glorious? And then he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. And then perhaps one of the most beautiful verses in all of Scripture as it comes to the church. The simplest form of a church, uh, the, the basic premise of the church is this. Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. What makes a great church? Is it big buildings, lots of programs, money in the bank? Is it uh, their pastor's sermons? No. The thing that makes any church great is the presence of Jesus Christ in that church. It may be the most primitive church. It may be a handful of people, two or three people gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus promises, he says, there am I in the midst of them. Now, what do we learn from Matthew chapter 18 about the church? Well, one thing we learn is that the church is the supreme court of the Christian life. If I might use that expression, it means there's no higher authority to appeal to on earth for the New Testament Christian. The Lord Jesus established His church to be the authority and the guiding factor for the people of God while they're living in this earth. The rest of the New Testament develops on this idea. Uh, the Apostle Paul specifically uh, was given the revelation more and more about the church. Uh, Paul writes more about the church than any other writer. And uh, that's, that's profound. Uh, through the life and writings of the Apostle Paul, we learn something about the power of the church and the purpose of the church. Uh, but that all began with Christ, who is the founder. And the founder said uh, that the church is to be the supreme court, if you will, in the life of the believer. Now, why is that? because the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. That's an expression from the Apostle Paul's writings. In other words, it doesn't mean that men in a church are the authority. No, my friend, God is always His own authority. He is the one who lays out what He wants. The church's role is simply to teach and preach the Word of God. So as the church fulfills that, as we hold up the truth, then we are giving guidance and direction to believers to move forward for the Lord Jesus Christ. Something else very practical we learn from Matthew chapter 18 is this. According to the founder, the church must be a visible body. Now, there are many expressions through the New Testament for the place of believers. For example, in Ephesians 3.15, we're referred to as the family of God. I love that expression. Uh, we're called the people of God. Paul and Peter both use that. That, that uh, is a reminder that we belong to the Lord. We are His possession. Uh, there's ownership. We're the people of God. We're also referred to as the body of Christ. Christ being the head, individual believers being the members of the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 really uh, develops that principle that the church is a living organism, the body of Christ. 
and carrying out His purposes in this world. We're referred to in Ephesians 2 as the household of God. Uh, something akin to the family. But the idea is it's a place where God abides, where He lives. We're referred to as the bride of Christ. I love that, don't you? A reminder of our loving union with the Savior, that we are, we are a spouse to Him and we are going to be with Him for all eternity. But while that's the place of all believers, in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus was speaking to a local group of believers and He was addressing the fact that things must be dealt with within the context of a local New Testament church. What does that mean? It means that the Lord Jesus established that local churches would be the place where people would find guidance for their life and accountability to one another and fellowship with like-minded believers. So I want to challenge you today to find your place in a local assembly of believers. If you love Christ and you love what Christ is doing in this world, then you should connect yourself to His purpose in and through the local New Testament church. That's not my word. That's a word from the founder. It is our prayer that your faith will be strengthened as we study God's Word and that you will share His truth with others. If you're being blessed by listening to Enjoying the Journey and would like to have a part in this ministry, you may make a tax-deductible gift at scottpauley.org. Thank you for your support and continued prayers. May God bless you richly today.